Hello everyone and welcome back to Chat Shit Get Fit and welcome back to Chatham PTs. This is a series where we chat with health and fitness professionals from a wide range of backgrounds about a wide range of topics. This week we are joined by Rebecca Jorgensen, a health and fitness professional from the United States. She has a Master's of Science in Exercise Science and Sports Studies with a concentration in Exercise Science as well as an ACSM Certified Exercise Physiology Licence. Rebecca is also an Exercise is Medicine Certified Practitioner and a Certified U. USAW Olympic lifting coach. She's also been coaching children and adults in the sports and fitness industry for over 15 years. So yeah, wow, we there's a lot going on there. So yes, while we do dive into all of that, the title does give away there is a lot of chaos in between. So as we always do on Chat with PTs, we start by establishing her top three gym pet peeves. And once again, Tom invents a brand new ranker system. We also look at another side of her professional life, which involves bartending. Now this does lead us onto quite a wild ride. We then finish by exploring Becca's love of food, and Tom explains his habit of being a bit of a shithouse when it comes to ordering drinks. Let's get into this week's episode. Good evening. All right, sorry. Good evening, mate. So I'm so used to saying that, I completely forgot there. Becca, good afternoon. I should probably say. Hello. Yes, good oh, afternoon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Good Confused evening me, to you. Then. <laughs> We've got across the pod again today. Yeah, so was it 3 p.m., did you say? Over where you're yeah, up? yep, 3 p.m. So you still got hours of the day left, absolutely hours. Me and Tom, we'll be, we'll be off to bed after this. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I'm terribly ill with the flu this week, so actually I've just woken up if I'm being honest yeah, with you. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw you going so to bed go. again afterwards. It's all those seed oils. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Listeners of the podcast, Tom is, he's fighting through it for your entertainment. There you go. Yeah. But Bill has promised to edit it on my behalf to make me sound like a healthy human being. Oh, you put a lot of pressure on me there. Mate. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just me being normal. Yeah. <laughs> but guys, we're back with a chat with PTs. We've had, we've had guests on now for, I, I mean, normally, because Becca, if you're not aware, normally it's just me and Tom quite often, and we have guest specials every you know few weeks just to freshen up a little bit. But for like the last five weeks, we've had guests on, whether that's with one-off specials or support acts for some of our other topics, and with Chapman PTs, which you're on today. Um, so yeah, we're back with uh, Chapman PT to so the actual sub series, and um, we've got Becca. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having. How are you? I'm you, good. Pretty good. I'm great. Ready to go. Yeah, I'm good. We're just gonna go straight into it. Now, with Chat with PTs, we start these episodes exactly the same every single time. It's almost like a little icebreaker. What we want to do is we want to establish your top three gym slash health pet peeves, but we are going to rank these. Now, Tom, I know your your energy levels are at about four, but yes. talk us through it. What, rank, what ranking system are we going for? Because we do like to change our ranking system. So, Well, I don't know if you've noticed, Bill, but I actually change it depending on um, what nationality we have with our guests. I have, I have noticed that. Yeah, yes, I, have. I feel that the RPC scale could be a bit too vicious with our cousins over the pond. So I'm going to do... <laughs> I'm going to do... How, how, what's the acronym for this? The rate of perceived... RP... The rate of perceived gosh darn silly scale. <laughs> gosh darn silly. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. We're going to be PG. We're going to be very Disney this week. We're going to be very Disney filtering for me. You don't need to do that. I could take it. <laughs> okay. We're going to do the rate of this is absolute shit scale. So one being... <laughs> there we go. That's not very shit at all. That's actually okay. I can go to bed at night and not worry about that. Ten is this is infuriating. You know, I'm going to reverse my car over the person. Infuriating. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we've escalated there, haven't we, Tom? Well. Love it. Next level. No filter. There's a scale, Becca. So hit us with your first pet peeve. All right. So do I start at the 10 or do I start at the 1? Do I work Ooh. my way up? Oh, you can ramp it up as a warm-up. Uh, we don't yeah, mind. You can, yeah, you can do it as like a warm-up. Yeah, if you want to do it like a warm-up system, yeah. We'll start the bottom of the workout. You can save the, the worst to last. All right. Okay. Um, okay. First one, CrossFit. No, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I listened to a couple of your podcasts just oh, to prepare. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I, I was no. about to say, but I was buckling and then like, oh, I was going to be an awkward like, conversation then. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. No, no, no. Not CrossFit. Just kidding. Um, so the first one I'm going to say is when people say when it comes to exercise and getting into healthy behaviors and living a healthy life is um, it's just as easy as getting started. Um because like it's so much more about behavior change and analyzing what your barriers are in life and what's good for you or easy for you to get into is not necessarily easy for someone else. Um, and I think it's kind of uh, like a slap in the face almost to tell somebody that it's just as easy as getting started when it's really not at all. Straight away, that reminded me of we had an episode uh, last week about uh, mental well-being and 
even though it's obviously not exactly the same we're saying is we were talking about how absolute language is a bit of a it's just getting a bit frustrating now people love to deal in absolutes when they're talking um i know it's very easy it's, it's more easy to market isn't it i think when you want to market your yourself or your services dealing in absolutes is very easy but i think we know in this industry it's not and i think we just said um yeah it's pretty spot on it's it's, it's an easy thing to say, isn't it? Oh, just, you know, come work with me. It's easy. It's just getting started. You know, just drop me a DM. We'll get you started straight away. It's like, no, <laughs> yeah. it's not that easy. What are you going to rate that as, Bill? What am I going to rate? That's, that's quite high for me, I think. Um, yeah, it depends on the same. context as well. It depends on the context, of course. But I think most people who do it, it's a lot of naivety there, isn't there? They're almost like, they, they, they probably don't understand the real world, especially a lot of young new PTs, I think, because they're naive yeah. to how the world works. They just assume oh, it is as easy as getting started while they're maybe, I don't know, living at home. They haven't got to pay anything. They're yeah, right. <laughs> and, and they're just like, yeah, you know, well, there's, a, there's, a mom, there's a single mum over there. She can come uh, work with me. It's just easy to yeah. get started, you know. You know just, yeah. just, just just fill out my Google Docs form and we'll, uh, we'll get we'll Rise and grind. Yeah. yeah, rise and grind. Yeah, yeah so I, I think for me, we're probably looking at, uh, I'm going to go over nine. A nine Ooh, is high up there. Start. It's definitely yes, yeah, it's definitely a nine for me. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna go for an eight, but now I feel like I have to match yours and say nine. Bill, I'm gonna say nine point five. Nine point five. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna be that me, guy. I'm that like, guy. you know, the price is right when uh, someone <laughs> says oh five hundred, and the person next to me says five hundred and one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's me. Right be that now. guy. Um, yeah. But no, staff. it'd be very hard just to not repeat everything you just said there, Bill. Mm. At the end of the day, we all have our own kind of barriers to exercise. They're all very subjective. Um, they're all different from each other as well. Uh, this is a problem with the personal trainer industry as well, where a lot of the guys and, and, and females that do it tend to be kind of young. It's possibly their first job as well, something they've kind of got their qualification out of college, haven't got as many responsibilities or life experience yet. Um, and they expect to be telling the single mum of two who works a nine to five job, I'll go do 10K steps, you know, and it's, it's just not that easy. The whole, oh, you know, oh, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. Yeah, not, quite just, yeah. not quite no. true. Not quite true. So, yeah, it's very, very frustrating for me to hear that. So, yeah, 9.5 mil. That's a strong. That's a strong start back. I thought you were ramping up here. Wow, you've gone straight to I'm RPE. Even, I'm not even there oh, yet. <laughs> I'm not born yet. I've just, I've just killed myself doing a deadlift for that. Wow. Yeah. Right. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. We're all on the same level. I love it. Okay. Cool. Mm. What's the next one? Um. Uh. Let's see. Okay. Um. Personal trainers that don't do any kind of assessment, physical or non-physical, um, when it comes to you know past injuries or the way that the, the your clients' bodies work, um, I never can understand when a trainer does not run a client through an assessment. I don't know how they program for them if they don't, um, and it makes me furious seeing people that just kind of like throw a general. So kind of like so kind of like a consultation. Kind yeah. of like a consultation, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, yeah, so don't, exactly. don't, don't do a con- Yeah, so I, I've never, I don't, I don't know how many times I've come across it, but have you ever known anyone, Tom, not to do a consultation of any of any form before they work for comment? Oh, God, yeah. Really? Yeah. In fact, I used oh, wow. to have people take the piss out of me for actually doing lengthy consultations. Mm. You know, it's like, well, yeah, how, can you, how can you work with someone? If you, yeah, you don't, if you don't know who they are, yeah, exactly. all about, how can you work with them? Like, if you don't know what they're all about, I mean, if you start working with someone, then four weeks down the line, yeah, I've actually just come back from, a, you know, I broke my leg. In uh, fifteen thousand different places, uh, right. and you've been getting to you've been getting to do all these sort. Of, yes, that is that's an interesting point. Well, yeah, not only that. that, but think about what we were just talking about before in regards to behaviour change. You know, yeah, yeah. how are you going to find out about someone's uh, lifestyle and their barriers to movement and nutrition, etc., if we don't actually consult with them first? If I had to give us a rating, I'm going to meet about halfway here because if we're talking about uh, just finding about their history, medical history, you know, parkour type stuff as well. Um, so, you know, like past injuries, etc. If a, if a PT is not going out of their way during a consultation to kind of find out, then that's really negligent. But, and this might be where it might be lost in translation, but if we're talking about functional movement screens, etc., um, that I don't really give a shit about. Uh, we move in weird and wonderful ways. I think there isn't really any convincing evidence to show that functional movement screening kind of has any real applicability. But... That could be just lost in translation there. Mm-hmm. But in the consultation phase, yeah, we definitely find about, you know, lifestyle factors, definitely injuries and medical history. Yeah. And what they enjoy. And I think when it comes to um, like training athletes and things, I think like pre and post tests too are really important to do yeah, sure. um, yeah. for power and, you know, strength and things like that. And when that's not done, how are you going to know if your program is working or not? So, yeah. Yeah. I think in that, in that, obviously, that just comes down to it. it. Depends, doesn't it? If you're working with an athlete, then yeah, for sure. If you if you're not doing any sort of baseline tests 
in the screening as you put it then yeah what's the point <laughs> if they're an right. athlete they're obviously they've obviously worked with you to improve their athletic performance if you don't know how they've started then how on earth are you meant to program and but i think mm. that just comes down to let i'm aware i've been using this term quite a lot recently lazy i don't want to say people being lazy um but as tom said maybe they're just being negligent or maybe they just they don't know or they're just being lazy <laughs> as i say <laughs> maybe they just think oh you know I, if i act like i know what i'm talking about they won't they won't they won't know i'll just quickly mm. throw them through give them a generic program and they'll they'll be all right yeah, I think yeah. a lot of it is not knowing what answers to actually. Uh, so what what answers? <laughs> Jumping ahead of myself questions. there, what questions to actually ask yeah, mm. in the first place? And this is where I think experience does come down to it, and also further education, particularly things like behaviour change, etc. Where did you rank it, Tom? I can't remember five. Oh, you're in the middle, didn't you? Five, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where would I put this? I think in the context of athletes, yeah, it's up there about eight, isn't it? Because it's just stupid, isn't it? You're doing the athlete a bit mm. of a disservice there, aren't you? If you're literally not doing anything <laughs> before, it's a bit, bit, bit jacking about it. Um, but you I haven't think... consulted with them to find out that they're, you know, squatting 100 kilos or, you know, 150 yeah. kilos and straight away you're, you know, regressing them to bird dogs because you've not consulted them found out their abilities. Or vice well, versa, someone that's never, yeah, someone that's but, never yeah. even touched a barbell before, and straight away you're like, yeah, let's do a one rep max, okay? Right. Yeah, yeah day one, okay. week one, yeah. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. But I think yeah, I think five's fair if you because obviously you've got the context dependent there. But I think depending on the context, it's going to go very high or very low. I think, but yeah, especially in the athlete setting, you said very high. What we said, what's your third one, Becca? Talk to us. Uh, my third one is influencers, online, <laughs> yeah. social media. Ten. 10, 11, <laughs> yeah. 15, 10. 15, yeah, 100. <laughs> oh, Broke the scale, Becca. Uh, the worst, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys know. I mean, there's so many people out there that think they know what they're talking about and they have no fucking clue. Sorry, am I allowed to say that? Oh, I mean, the podcast oh, called Chat Shit Get Fit, Becca. I swear what you want. Oof, oh, yeah, thank God. <laughs> Go um, yeah, it just drives me absolutely crazy. It drives me crazy. We how many times we spoke about this numerous times I think just it's any so names easy, in particular it? you want to drag through the mud yeah has anyone got Becca is it <laughs> and if any we names? can know them we can rate them we can rate yeah we can rate yeah, we, can, we can rate the individuals I would have to scroll through my Instagram and like send you a bunch I'll do some in depth research after this and I'll send you a couple oh, for, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a follow up we'll do a follow up one off special yeah. follow up at some sort of, yeah. I mean we we constantly because I think especially social media it's so easy to appear like an expert isn't it. If you can come across confident, if you can use, as we say, if you can use loads of biomechanical jargon and just absolute buzzwords, people will be like, oh, wow, this person is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like fancy diagrams, great production value. The next thing you know, you've got 2 million followers and anything you put out is gospel. If anyone dares, if anyone dares question these individuals, oh, God forbid, you start, you start World War Three down in the comment section. Oh, and this sounds is, familiar. This is, so many sounds, times. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't bother anymore. We had this before. I did it once. We had it. Do you remember this? We did an episode on CBD, Becca. Okay. <laughs> when you gave up on Twitter. Twice. I gave up on Twitter. So, so someone put something on Twitter about CBD. So I just literally, I said, look, listen to our podcast. Look, listen to this. Look, we said, this is the evidence on it. Okay. And then someone just went off on one. And I basically spent like the next couple of hours just debating with this person on Twitter. Complete waste of my time. Then we made a part two of the podcast about it. We, I was at, that's, this is the level. This is how much time it took away from me. This is how much time I had to spend on this. So now I don't bother. I just uh, either send them a, if we've done a podcast and I'll send them a link or I just ignore them if I haven't got the information see, to have. Luckily, but. by then I'd already transcended beyond getting frustrated with the internet. Yeah. I, I already I already know the lowest of the like how low the internet can get in regards to misinformation. Uh Bill wasn't quite there yet, was no, he Bill? He was absolutely yet, seething. No. Did you even get any sleep that night? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> but it's so hard. It, just, it is. Yeah, I, I, yeah the, these people, it's just it's so hard to fight them as well. I, d- I don't know how we're going to solve it, to be honest. Because a lot of these people have got such yeah. big following. People are so de- people are so devout. They're so like they're so dogmatic in their like defense to these people. The, the, the higher number of followers, the more appeal to authority. You know, mm. if someone has a million followers straight away, it's like, oh well, they must have a million followers for a reason. Surely, it's like that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes it's just because people draw attention through you know directly being inflammatory towards other influencers and that's how a lot of influencers actually gain their followings by having these kind of planned almost scripted back and forth of each other causes drama follower count goes up suddenly people think holy shit this must be an expert because they've got two million followers or one million followers just because they think they've trademarked the term calorie deficit yeah right it's so it's so worrying though isn't it because these people got such massive they're getting they've got such a large audience and some of the stuff they just spread is just complete nonsense. And you're like, what, mm. what are you talking about? And some of these people as well, like, I know we spoke about people who are qualified to talk about certain things, but 
some of these people have got qualifications cut their ass and they're still chatting absolute shit. But the problem is that makes it harder because then they've got a bigger appeal to authority. They've got millions of followers. They're now, you know, Dr. ABC. And you say anything against them, oh, God forbid, you know, I'm just a little PT, you know. Yeah, even, if you give them, even if you give them information which has been done by actual, like, professionals who have done research papers on it, no, still not good enough, I'm afraid. No. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? It comes down to that thing now where, like, even like letters in front of names don't really make me straight away like mm. believe what they're saying is gospel uh there was a paper recently that i shared uh on my social media actually it was where they they looked at all like uh, different nutrition based books and they were seeing which ones like who who was bringing out these books that had like the most misinformation regards to nutrition and they actually found that like uh it was actually doctors it was actually physicians that actually overtook things like PTs, nutritionists for misinformation in books. And that was quite wild. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. So that was yeah. interesting. Yeah. I have to try and find that now. Just link in the show notes. Do you know what yeah. I think some of that comes down to is that when you get to that point of where you're so highly educated, maybe, is that you believe your own, yeah, you believe your own narrative almost. Like anything you think, anything a you say is well, gospel. It's quite a fair, like a... Uh, doctors that go into nutrition that hyper specialize in specific diets where it be like a keto diet or a vegan diet or a, you know or was it fruitarian diet like these really like obscure hardcore diets a lot of these doctors don't even actually have their doctorate in anything nutrition it's usually something really random like right. yeah like yeah. uh kidneys yeah <laughs> something really <laughs> random yeah. but, but they still yeah, have dentists, it and people still look know. at it and think yeah but people yeah. still see it as an authority don't they so yeah you get those really weird pills to throw mm-hmm. i mean yeah i'm sticking with 10 though I'm not I'm not bludging from 10 oh I'm sick of 11 I'm breaking oh, 11 <laughs> sorry mate yeah okay I hate you I'm strong <laughs> finish <laughs> oh, well. what we do now is we move on to the next part of the show and, and ironically the first thing we're going to talk about is the letters after your name Becca so we're going to move we're going to move on to you so you've got 15 plus years in the uh, industry from what I can tell um, and you've got as many letters after your name as the person who actually pointed you towards our show Dr Darian Parker he's he's another person who's got numerous letters but he's a good guy he's a good guy and I'm sure I'm sure you are too no nutrition so. books yet <laughs> no, yeah, no nutrition yeah. Yeah. Darian if you're listening mate I'm, I'm looking out for your next book mate but um uh so the question I really want to ask you is, you know, you've got a lot of experience in the industry. What would you say over the years has been the biggest change, not only in the industry, but in yourself as well? Now, this could be good or bad, but basically what has been the biggest change you found? Um, when it comes to the industry, I feel like especially because of um, because of COVID and, you know, Peloton and things, I think technology has really taken off. Um, and when I started, everything was in person, all group classes, all training, all everything was always in person, which there's a really cool benefit to seeing people in person, not virtually, but um, the virtual aspect of everything kept my business afloat. I know a ton of businesses in this area and around the world. Um, so I think that's probably one of the biggest um, changes in the industry that I've seen over the, the years that I've been in it. Yeah, sure. I think... Once again, ironically, I think we spoke about this quite a lot about with with Dr. Darian Parker about this, yeah, about the did. change in technology. We had a massive segment on it. I think you're completely right. A lot of these big companies, like if you look at Apple, for example, they are putting so much money and time into this um, into this space, into the technological push for for health. Like, was it Apple Health? I think it's called All on the Watch, and you've literally got at your fingertips. You've got a whole health system almost on your wrist. Um, it will tell you if you've got heart problems. It will tell you, you know what to do it would tell you how much you apparently but it gives you like i think they've got like the little wheel haven't they mm. it's got all like everything to do with health it's broken down into like a little circle so yeah i think you're right that's definitely something that's that's changed quite a lot and i think it's going to keep changing isn't it let's be honest it's i mean enough. funny enough i think when we were speaking to davian uh, we actually brought up the topic of it wouldn't surprise us if in the very near future we had hologram based fitness yeah. now, i know that yeah. might seem like a joke but like we look at things like mm. peloton Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we look at during COVID when Zoom just like took off. And I was one of those people where I was actually dead, not dead against, but I just didn't have, I didn't have any faith in doing like um, Zoom based training. I thought, oh, that's never going to work. That's going to be just like a fad. And obviously I, I was wrong. I was dead wrong. Um, mm. But yeah, in the near future, hologram based fitness, definitely up there. Oh yeah. Definitely have you seen there. the mirror? The mirror yeah, yeah, that yeah, little iPhone, that's isn't it? Basically, yeah. a hologram. It's, yeah, crazy. it's on your wall. It's a person, a full size person, telling you what yeah. to do. They can't see you though, so like, uh, I don't it's know. It's insane. It's insane. I'm not sure how much this will expand to maybe the 
more commercial market. I can see it in a very professional setting with like high-end professionals who maybe they get, they've got very tight schedules and they think, right, I'll get up, I'll look in my mirror, I'll do a workout with celebrity trainer, John Smith, whatever. And then, but for commercial audience, I'm not sure because I feel like people still want that human interaction. When it, they they yeah. find it motivating that it's like a social thing for them. Um, like I know mm. the CrossFit gym I go to, Every, loads of people are going there a lot of the reason they go there is for that social side of things and that community side of things like, it gives them a reason to go there it gives them a reason to get up get out of the house and go and train so I'm not sure how that would I mean unless everybody <laughs> it's almost like virtual reality see this is actually I'm laughing but it's, this actually could happen um, a virtual reality world almost isn't it where you get out of bed you put your goggles on and it's as if you're there and so crazy I'm It'll pretty happen. sure there is something like that out there you there can't get the whole VR goggles now and I've seen like the yeah, VR worlds and yeah, and this is like it, mate. So there, there must it's be something out there already existing that I'm not aware of yet. Oh, I'm so excited to see what happens. I mean, I'm excited and scared because yeah. who knows what's going to happen. I might not be able to deadlift 60 kilos in the real world. Oh, here we in go. Reality, <laughs> I can deadlift more than 60 kilos. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Tom's, Tom's embraced his own meme here. Look, there you go. 60 I kilos. Embracing myself as he a meme. He has a goal. <laughs> God. Yeah, what about yourself, Becca? Have you said anything that's changed in yourself? I'm sure there has been, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think over the years, I've really learned a lot about my body, um, especially when it comes to I did competitive gymnastics for a really long time. And so my ankles were never the strongest. And I'm also hypermobile. And I didn't know anything about stabilization, um, injury prevention or anything when I was doing gymnastics. And it's really kind of like inserted itself into my adult life. Um, and I think really learning my body and how to take care of it. And, you know, I have a ton of herniated discs from this car accident that I was in and how to really stabilize my spine and, you know, what things I can do that feel okay and what things don't or, you know, how doctors told me like, oh, you'll never be able to do this again, but I was able to. So there's so many things that I've learned over the years, um, especially about my body. And then I feel like I'm now able to transfer that over to my clients. And, you know, like I want to take on those people that come to me and they're like, I like one of my clients who I've had for probably seven years now, she came to me at one point and she was like, listen, I really want to work with you, but every single person I've been to has told me I have too many limitations. I've had too many injuries. Like they can't train me. And I just want you to know that before, like I tell you what's going on and whatever. And I was like, listen, you do not have to worry because we will find a way for you to be able to move and do things that are going to benefit your life. So like, don't think that limitations stop you from being active and living and being happy. Um, and I think that's been a really cool thing that I've I've learned over my years in the industry. It's a real, it's a real positive shift in mindset there, isn't it? Because I think mm. that's something we're constantly battling is that nocebic uh, narrative, isn't it? Of people always saying, oh, you can't do this. You know, if you do this, you're going to, yeah. you're going to die. You do this, you're going to break. Uh, and I think it's nice to, that obviously it's not nice the things you went through to obviously to have that sort yeah. of shift perhaps in a mindset but it's good now that you can kind of portray it to your to potential clients of look you've been through all this but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be broken forever right yeah. i mean unless there's like a a traumatic injury where there's no going back you know the human body can adapt to an amazing amount of resilience and it's pretty awesome Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a professional sport, isn't it? Paralympics. I mean, Victor's yeah, Games, which exactly. has gone recently. All these people have all sorts of disabilities and you know traumatic uh, injuries they've gone through, and they're still yeah. excelling. Imagine the doctor telling them to stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they did, and they were like, "I'm going to show you." Yeah. It's amazing. Get fucked. <laughs> I think this stems back to something we spoke about earlier on the pet peeves was uh, people just don't know what to say. They don't know the questions to ask. They don't know the answers to. The, the, some, some of the questions they do know to ask like for example someone came to them they might be like oh, I've had this injury I've had this injury I've had this injury what do I do and instead of trying to work out the answers and trying to you know be more proactive and find out okay how can I actually where can I find the answers to these problems and how can I help them get past these barriers they'll go yeah. oh, nah, no hope there mate oh, you, you're, you're destined for the uh, for the couch there I'm afraid <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> get, get, yeah. and that's what they do because they don't know they simply they can't they, once again I'm calling people lazy but it's almost like they, they can't be bothered to find these answers you know so it's so true yeah, yeah. what we we'll do now becca we're gonna we're gonna go through we're gonna go a uh, full prequel as i like to call it and um, we're gonna go back to the start so we've, we've kind of seen how where you are today how your mindset's changed so i want to kind of start at the beginning how did you get into the industry is it something you've always wanted to do growing up i mean you mentioned gymnastics so you're kind of always quite active by the sounds of it yeah um 
I think deep down, I've always wanted to, and this is always what I was like, I should have been doing my whole life, which I actually was. Um, but I didn't make it like my main career because I didn't really know I was young and I was doing all these small jobs and playing all these sports. Um, like I remember when I was little doing Jane Fonda workout videos with my mom in the living room and I loved it. And, you know, and then that went to P90X videos in my bedroom in this little tiny space and, you know, insanity and doing gymnastics. And eventually, like I needed a job. So I went into lifeguarding and teaching swim lessons. And mm -hmm. from there, I just kind of like did a ton of things like I've coached soccer and Actually, funny, I had this little kid when I was coaching because I coached with all these British guys. And this little kid, she was like, I don't know, maybe four. And she looked at me and she goes, excuse me, where's your accent? <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. Well, I have an American accent. I can still, you know. Um, but yeah, I've done like a lot of little things. I've worked in aquatics. So like as an aquatics director, like head of a pool at a, uh, a sleepaway camp for a bunch of years. Um, I've always been into sports and exercise classes. I've taught group classes. Yeah, I've done a little bit of everything. And yeah, it's interesting because as I got older, I like didn't know what I wanted to do, but it was so clear to everybody around me. And finally, I was like, you know what? My aunt's like, you should just go back to grad school. You should go get your master's. So I was like, okay, fine. Like, I, I know what I want to do. And I went back and like the, the science behind the exercise and like the clinical mushed with like the strength and conditioning was a really, really cool program to be a part of. And I think that kind of just like elevated my knowledge to another level and helped me realize that like this is really what I want to do. Yeah, for sure. Is that would you say that's kind of we fast forward now to to the sequel as we'll call it? Is that so? After all this sort of accumulation of knowledge and experience, is that kind of what led you to think you know what, I'm going to start my own little thing here? And let's see if I get this right: human fitnetics. Yeah. One? So yeah, awesome. So, yeah, it's a cool little name. Thanks. Yeah, cool name, thanks. Yeah, I uh, I kind of I made it up obviously based on the term human kinetics, so like human movement exercise and like its impact on health and performance. Um, and I had to get like the fitness kind of part in there too, so I just kind of mushed it together. Um, hopefully, the book publisher, Human Kinetics, doesn't come at me and like you know try <laughs> oh, and God, sue yeah. me for stealing a name. Um, but yeah, so. Um, I have a lot of um, individual clients, like the biggest groups I do are two people, um, and it's in-home uh, training. But I work with healthy people and athletes, but also people with chronic disease. Um, so people who have obesity, type 2 diabetes, um, osteoporosis, like little kids or senior citizens to help with their quality of life. Um, so it's a really cool combination between like the clinical aspect of exercise and how it affects your body in the long term, short term, whatever. Um, but also like keeping up with, you know, the strengthening exercises so that your body continues to adapt and you can live through life, you know, without the symptoms of your chronic disease or you can prevent it in the first place. Um, so really like it's based in like exercise as medicine. Um, and it's been really cool working with all these different people of different populations. Um, and I go to their home. So I teach them how to use everything that they have in their own space. Um, and it's convenient. And when I show up, they can't really say, oh, sorry, I'm not coming today. <laughs> so it works <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah, awesome, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like, too bad, I'm already here. So you work with quite a wide range of people there by the sounds of it. What would you say is the most challenging demographic in terms of coaching? Mm. People. Yeah. <laughs> yeah people. <laughs> people in general. Just, just people. We live in a, we live in a society. We do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Huh. That's a good question. Um, I'm not sure if it's a specific demographic, but you know, I want to say people in their 50s or 60s that have been exercising for a very long time and come to me because there's something missing in their program or their life or whatever. And I'm there as a professional to help them and I try and explain it, but they still think they know better sometimes. And I'm like, sure. okay, that's okay. Like we can still, you know, do these things. And, but like, that's not actually like the science says something totally different or, yeah. you know, whatever. And like, it's cool talking to people and hearing their perspectives, but it can get frustrating sometimes. That that's just a thing. Of, uh, I don't, don't want to sound like I'm insulting. No, you know, I, I know you're trying to be sensitive. I know you're trying to be sensitive, oh but no, there is a there is a point to that. And in the day, yeah. 
that the elderly can be a little bit more dogmatic with their views. Mm, yeah, sure. You know, can be. It is true. Once again, like going back to, uh, it sounds like I've got a fin for doctors at the moment. I've got nothing against doctors. I don't know what it sounds <laughs> yeah. like I do, but there was Apparently a paper that showed. Uh, <laughs> there was a paper that showed, like, um, in like a once again a physician pers- uh, profession, like the older a doctor was, or the, the longer they'd been in the game for, the less up to date with the evidence they was. Whereas, like the young uh, younger doctors were kind of more up to evidence. It just kind of showed that, like. Older generations tend to just be a bit more dogmatic, and it's not the first time I've kind of quoted that study either. Yeah, we've used it a few so times. I don't think we? there's, and you know, from my own anecdotal experience as well. You know, especially when I talk to the the old and bold in the gym, which actually I'm creeping close up to myself. Uh, yeah, like they do tend to be a bit more dogmatic. Yeah, yeah. You try teaching a guy that's in his fifties that's like an old school powerlifter. You try teaching him anything new, and it's just he'll just crush me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I won't argue back. <laughs> we're not we're not we're not be 60 kilo I find that hard to believe. Yeah. I don't want that heat. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I think you're right. I, I think that's fair to say is that it's probably I'd probably agree with that as well. It's quite challenging, especially it, it, it cannot it can even be younger people as well. People who just got like such dogmatic oh, God, views yeah. and things. It's like just please like, they just it's just so hard to have a conversation with some of these people like I'm not bothered. I don't care. If you've got an opinion on something, great. I mean, we're allowed to have opinions, you know. So you say what you want. But when when you're like presenting, well, I don't want to say hard, like stone hard fact, because we know science is never change a thing. It can change one minute. It could be one thing. One minute it can be. Other. But when you're presenting the latest stuff and you're saying, look, this is what it's saying, and they're still like, nah. My PT yeah. 20 years ago said that protein's going to destroy your kidneys or something. It's like, oh, for God's sake, like, just stop, please, stop. And they're like, no, no. And then you, they'll, they'll, they'll start to look at the list. They'll be like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll get what you're saying. And then you'll speak to them like the following week, they'll go back to it again. It's like, you've, it's like you never had that conversation. And it gets it gets frustrating, but you've kind of got to zen yeah. yourself out almost. Be like, it's okay, right, like, relax. When grandma finds your creatine and thinks it's steroids. Oh, Oh yeah, oh, you shouldn't tell yourself it's bad. It's bad for you. Or you know, energy drinks, for example. Oh, don't drink that energy drink. It's going to rot your inside. Oh, for God's sake, I'm not guzzling gallons yeah. of the stuff. God's right. sake, let me have, let me have a monster drink. Coffee, and peace. What's the difference? Oh, right? yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, what's it? Yeah, oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Once again, we live in a society, as we uh, often say on this podcast. Indeed. Indeed. Hey guys, I won't keep you long, I promise, but what a perfect opportunity as you are fully absorbed into this week's episode to quickly tell you about our mega amazing membership support platform thingy called Patreon. Um, Now, Patreon is a membership platform for creators, so what it allows you to do is subscribe to the membership tier, get some cool little bonuses from us, and you help support us. So by joining our Patreon, what you're really doing is you're helping support the running costs of this podcast, and you're going to allow us to do some cool things in the future, like hopefully buy some new cameras to really improve our video footage, potentially some more microphones in the future. I mean, even though these are pretty good for now, and something we really want to do in the future is add some you know, cool merch in there as well but that's not free is it so all the money that goes into this membership platform is being put back into the podcast and you also get some pretty cool things in return as well such as some of you could be listed as producers of the podcast you get access to any future q a's we do you get access to live podcasts ones that aren't on twitch you could also potentially get a personal video from me and tom um, thanking you depending on which tier you sign up to uh, and there's loads of those more in there as well so essentially, guys, head over to patreon.com slash podcast, and you'll be presented with three tiers. And the first one is the price of a cup of coffee every month. So yeah, hopefully we'll be chatting to you over there soon on the private Patreon feed. Anyway, let's get back into this week's episode. Now, Becca, oh, this next question was going to be asked now, but we had a little, we had a little uh, discussion off air, and apparently this question is going to... We're going to have a bit of story time from you later on, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to bypass this question. We're going to go on to something that caught my eye, and when I did a bit of research on you, so obviously I've, dig, I've dug deep. I know everything about you at this point, apparently. It's quite, it sounds quite scary, doesn't it? It's <laughs> intrusive, doesn't it? Uh, I promise I haven't been, been that deep, but... Um, what I did find is something you do that is not really health and fitness rate at all. You could argue it's anti-health almost if you if you want to be down that, that way inclined. Um, and that's something called bartender Becca. You are a, let me quote this out, private party bartending and cocktail creation for occasions of all kinds. How did this all start? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, listen, I have to keep a good balance uh, yeah, of sure, things yeah. in my life. I actually have this Absolutely. one client who, like one of my really good friends now, who I met bartending, uh, but he wanted to work out with me. And so we always joke that I would like get him drunk on a Friday night and then make him wake up on a Saturday and exercise. Oh, He's like, I hate you, but like, I know I should be doing this. Like, it's our big joke. Like, got to keep the balance. Um so, yeah, obviously polar opposite industries. Um, when I was 18, I had a friend who bartended and she just would make wads of cash and like who doesn't want to, right? <laughs> so, oh, wow, okay. like, uh, at least you're honest, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, right. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll get into this. And I found this like little school, which really doesn't make a difference, um, that just kind of taught you like the basics, like to fill a glass with ice all the way to the top or, you know, like some really outdated cocktails that no one orders anymore, but now you know them. So you can go into the restaurant and hopefully someone will. Um, so I decided to do that because in New Jersey, you can bartend at 18, like you can touch alcohol, but you can't drink it. Um, so I got a bartending job at a really crappy dive bar and I thought it was the best thing in the world. Um, <laughs> yes. My parents like now were like, we were a little scared that you were there, but like you were so happy. What were you going to say? Um, so like from there, I worked my way up to nicer restaurants um, and I ended up working in like high volume restaurants for a really, really long time. Probably like right before COVID is um, actually when I left restaurants. Um, I bartended a little bit in New York City, um, a lot around New Jersey. Um, yeah. And there's this weird part of it that was like really addicting, like the volume, the really high pace, like really crazy stress. Um, but like talk about like a really bad sleep schedule. I was like getting home at five and then waking up at five to train my 6 a.m. clients. And it was just a disaster. Um, but so since COVID happened, like I always wanted to really just focus more on my exercise business. Um, and so COVID really gave me that ability to just like focus in. Um, but I still do like private party bartending. Um, it's nice a nice little side gig and it gives me that like fix that i love and talking to new fix, people yeah <laughs> it's almost like yeah so there's that yeah i can also see you getting clients from this as well but maybe someone's absolutely wasted you'd be like oh you know maybe 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 this could be your last big blowout you know maybe yeah, right. talk after this but after you've enjoyed all my lovely cocktails maybe we can talk about getting you back in shape back yeah in, here's my back, card back, like yeah, with your card, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. i've just absolutely tanked your uh, calorie expenditure for the uh, for the month with this uh you know these cocktails <laughs> but but we can fix this with my exercise program so here's my other card <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. It's like really yeah. manipulative, but like yeah, it works. Hey, oh, <laughs> savage, isn't it? Yeah, doing the damage and reversing the selling point. You know, uh, you, you get them absolutely, completely smashed to pieces, and then uh, get them to sign a contract, and then next time, yeah. <laughs> guess what? In for a block of twenty sessions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> contract signed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. you have Venmo, awesome. right? Like, here's my. Here we go. <laughs> We're starting tomorrow. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I, f I feel like we need to we need to establish this across the board now. It's not just you, Becca, but all three of us. Our favourite cocktails. Um, mm -hmm. Tom, we'll go. Tom, we'll start with you, mate. We'll go. We'll go. We'll start with you. Talk to us. What's your favourite cocktail? Oh no! Why have I gone first? I just felt like because okay, now I, now I feel like I have to name the man uh, the manliest drink ever. <laughs> no, don't be stupid, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, that no, I love mate. when men drink drinks with little umbrellas and yeah. Oh, fruit, I love like... it. Talk to you, Becca. That's what I'm all about. A nice little fruity, nice little fruity beverage. Oh God, uh, Joe, what I do <laughs> like an espresso martini. Mm. Oh God, yeah, of course you do. I do they like. Are a, so oh good. God, the thing is, me and Bill have um, been on certain vacations together. God, that sounds really like really erotic, doesn't it? No, it me and Bill have been uh, on vacation together on uh, what in the UK we call as a lads' holiday. And oh, yeah. Bill, do you oh. remember a particular drink called oh. Headfuckers? I do remember the head. Oh my god! Yeah, that yeah. was my birthday, wasn't it? I don't know if that's something they'd have in the UK. Uh, sorry, in the US. Um, I'm googling the recipe right yeah, now. Oh is, god, this this yeah. absolutely wrecked me, Becca. This was lethal. It was the Cavos Headfucker. So this was this was one part gin, one part vodka, one part gold tequila, one part rum, one part Malibu. One part peach snaps, one part triple sec. How I should catch my breath. One part absinthe. I mean, absinthe alone is absolutely yeah, devastating. Absinthe uh, good news though. One part orange. That's part of your five a day. One part cranberry. Yeah. That's two. And uh, yeah, one part grenadine. 
Oh my yeah. god. How bad is that sound, Becca? That sounds like we have something similar. It's called a uh, Long Island iced tea. Gasoline. Is what you call it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally <laughs> gasoline. Yeah. 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 It's vodka, gin, rum, tequila, triple sec, no whiskey, but there's like sour mix or like lemon lime, yeah. uh, simple syrup, and like a splash of Coca Cola. That's wow. what, yeah, that's our version yeah. of what, it was, what was it called yeah. again? Headfucker. A, a, a head headfucker. Fucker. That's such a British way really? to put it. Like, so explicit. Here, aren't we? Like, ruthless, oh, I've got some great photos for the Patreon of yeah, you let, post oh, headfucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, but this is what this is, we had. There was like fish bowls. It was carnage. Absolute car. I mean, what was yeah. I was thinking. Like, oh my god. Oh god. This is this my is memory was just got. wiped out from that. Probably for the best. Yeah. Probably for the best. Yeah. yeah. Go, going espresso back. To, I do like an espresso martini. I, you know, I'll, I'll go next because uh, we'll, we'll save you for last week. I feel like you'll have the most professional answer. Um, what is my favourite cocktail? I, I don't actually, I don't actually know. I've had so many. I think you know what I'm going to go. Tom's going to be seeing it. I'm going to go full Lord of the Rings on the ship, right? Okay, so there's a place in um, there's a place called Southampton. I don't know if you heard of it in the in the UK. Uh, it's in the south of England, and I went there many years ago. They had, they had a place called the Hobbit Pub or the Hobbit Bar, I think it was called, and obviously the Hobbit from Lord of the Rings stuff. So you go in there, and all the drinks have got names. They've all got names. All of them. They've all got names of things. And there was one called the called the Gollum. And <laughs> bear with me. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get this up. Is it, it was a lovely little Turn into Gollum at the end of the night. It wasn't even <laughs> that strong. How many Becca, you it, wasn't, had. It, it wasn't even that strong. It wasn't even that strong. It just obviously you can guess it was green, um, mm-hmm. bright oh. green. Uh, it wasn't too expensive either. Let's get it up here. Okay. Wow. It's the first thing that's come up. So it's very simple. Very simple drink. Double vodka. Blue. I think it's crack. Is it Krakow? You oh, it? Curacao. Curacao. Oh. Yeah, pre- yeah, yeah. The blue it's hat. actually a, a, an island in the Caribbean. Curacao. Oh, nice. I've got a ten-year-old bottle of that. I've been mean to throw away. <laughs> as simple yeah. as that. Orange juice, orange juice, lemonade, Becca. Wow. That's it. Simple. It's just very not simple. Not as complicated very... as the the head. No, longer. it's not. Yeah. But the reason I like it is just because of the the vibe of the drink. There's there's, there's more here. I'll, you know, I'll give you a couple more. Uh, well, while we're here, Becca. So we've got. Oh, that's not loading very well, is it? Let me get some more up. So I've actually got the website up here. So we've got. It's got one called the Shire. The one uh, we've got. We've got Gandalf, um, that's blue, and that is VS Blue. Not grey. Vodka, I know, no, this is when he was obviously Gandalf white, is it? isn't it? Uh, peach, snaps, lemonade, vodka, VS Blue. That's so once again, very simple. They're very, yeah, very, they're very simple. simple. Very simple, very simple. Uh, so yeah, that would be mine, just simply from a nostalgic point of view. If I was to be more serious, though, in terms of actual cocktail, um, <laughs> I'd probably say... No, I've recently I've had a, you know, I've got quite like a mojito. A mojito. The, oh, I like the, min- the mintiness. Is, it's so refreshing. Oh, yeah. It's all. It's 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 dangerous, but mm-hmm. it's because uh, it's so refreshing. Yeah. But yeah, I've really got into those quite recently. To be honest, mm. which is uh, those are delicious. Although we did at what was it called? Is it um, Pont Saint Martini? Is that it? Oh yeah. I, I'm sure you've got these. In, have you had Bottomless Brunch? Have you heard of that? Mm-hmm. Yep. So yep. we have those here. Yeah. So something I do quite often here, uh, and we we went to some place. It was like a tiki place, and. We went carnage. So basically, the rule is, isn't it? Normally, you can't get another one until you finish your other drink. So we just got to the point where we put drinks under the table to hide them, so we could get more drinks coming in. Or we'd say to the, you know, the bar, to, we said, "Oh, the time you bring that one back, we'll have this one finished," which we did have finished. We're getting our money's worth, basically. Uh, and at the end of the night, we kept going after we finished the bunch bits. So we had to get to the point where we're paying them, but we obviously forgot that. And we, oh, we we had about what was the number on there? There was about seventy poured star martinis on this tab at the end. It was carnage. Oh the, I won't tell what the bill price was, but. Um, I wasn't happy. I, mean, I, I, I wasn't happy. Oh my god! But yeah. So I don't drink poor style martinis very often now because I had about ten years worth. <laughs> Seriously, in one night, yeah. You've, uh, yeah. You've just reminded me of another another cocktail. Is it a cocktail? An Irish car bomb. I tell you what, for a fitness podcast, we don't sound very good here, do we? <laughs> yeah. <We're>, right. so- <laughs> We, we went in a whole other Many, direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we're talking about getting absolutely Many smashed here. Many years ago, yeah, I was on vacation in Florida. And I was in a very classy establishment known as Hooters. Ah, oh, wow. yeah. that explains right. the Irish car bombs. Yep. <laughs> yes, indeed. And it was actually around, it was around St. Patrick's Day. Um, and I ordered an Irish car bomb. And me not knowing what the fuck you're supposed to do with an Irish car bomb, I actually, because it was a pint of Guinness and a shot of Bailey's. I, was, I didn't know you were supposed to, like, you know, drink the shot and then actually, you know, drink the oh, Guinness. You put it in. So I actually, yeah, I fucking put it in and the whole lot curdled. <laughs> and the waitress oh. looked at me and straight away I realised my mistake because I just fucked the drink. It was horrible. It all curdled at the top. And uh, oh. the waitress was just looking at me like, 
do you want me to get you another one? I looked at her and I just doubled down. I said, no, 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 no. This is how we, this is how we actually do it in the UK. This is yeah, tradition. I'll fucking give it at large. Her. Listen, and, uh, I, I always thought you dropped it in though. So makes sense. Makes sense. I thought it? you were supposed to, mm-hmm. but I actually threw it on top and it just curdled straight away. And I had to Ugh. drink it because I just doubled down and didn't want to admit that I'd fucked up. <laughs> Gross. I've got another story now. You just reminded me, Tom. Oh. God, we went to. Oh, if we want stories, Greece. Bill, me and you together. You. <laughs> God, 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 yeah. We are out of control. It's all coming out now, isn't it? Out you had a game called. You had a game called Ring of Fire, Becca. No. Oh yes, Ring of Fire. So, oh god. So basically, you get like a, a ring of cards, and you pull out a card. Uh, you need to look at this stuff after. It's a fantastic drinking game. And uh, on the card, there'll be you know whatever, whatever the card is, a number or uh, you know Jack, Queen, King, whatever, and that will relate to a certain thing. So one of them, for example, could be you're a quiz master. So let's say I'm the quiz uh, question master. Let's say I'm the question master. That means if I ask someone a question and they answer it, they've got to drink their drink, basically. With things like that. Or there's one of them, which is where the story's going. I think it's the king, where you put some of your drink into a middle pint glass. And as you can imagine, over the course of the evening, a mixture of drinks get put into this pint glass. And then when someone pulls out the final king, that person has to drink whatever is in the middle pint. Uh, and we're on holiday. The forbidden uh, cocktail. And it's me. I'm. 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 We know there's a king left. There's about there's two cards left, and there's me and someone else next to me. And I'm like, right, right. I've got a fifty-fifty chance here. Obviously, I pulled out the king, didn't I? And this drink, relating to what Tom said, it had Guinness. In, no, was it Guinness in there? It had something. It had Bailey's in as well, and it curdled, and it was. Uh, it was lumpy. Oh, brains. Yeah, the chewing was, on the way down. It was, I lit, yeah, and obviously I had to drink it. I, I'm surprised I didn't throw up, but yeah, I can resonate with Tom that it was, it was just not nice. It just wasn't, wasn't curdled alcohol is, is what it's, it's Bailey's. It's, it's nice on its own, but put it with anything else, and it causes Armageddon. All we live and we learn. We live and we learn. Yeah, until I play Ring of Fire next time and it happens again. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, anyway, what's yours, Becca? We're going, we're going to, we're, we're finally got around to yours now. What's your, uh, what's your okay. favorite cocktail? Um, a last word is my favorite cocktail. So yeah, it's gin, uh, green chartreuse. Do you know what green chartreuse is? No, 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 I don't. Um, it's this like really cool, like herbal citrusy, bitter alcohol. It's like a bright green color. They also make yellow and I forget the other one. And it's made by these monks in France and no one else no. knows the recipe or how to make it. And these are the only people that will ever make this alcohol. Sounds expensive. It's expensive, but you only use a little bit of it because it's very strong. 55%. Um, yeah. 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 It's really good. Um, and then there's Luxardo Maraschino, which not like the gross bleached, like red cherry maraschino, um, but like almost like an almond herbal, like cherry pit kind of flavor. And mm. then there's lime juice and you shake it and you either put it in a martini glass if you want to knock it over or a rocks glass for me because I'll make less of a mess. This sounds fantastic. I must, I must admit. Oh, it's amazing. And it's just one ounce of everything. Nice and easy to remember. You can have to send me the uh, send me the recipe for this and the, the yeah. It's all got it on paper because I've just found this chart. I found it on Amazon. It's forty pounds here in the UK. Oh yeah, um, so that's, yeah. That's probably like fifty five, sixty dollars. I want to say. Yeah. Um, so that's that's possible. I reckon I can get away with that. And then what was the other ones in there? Uh, Luxardo Maraschino. Luxardo. It's in like a Marash- green bottle. Ah, okay, and it Luxardo has, like- Maraschino liquor. Right. Okay. So. Yeah. Okay, so that is. Oh, that's a fancy. This is very fancy drinks here, but I mean, you're a high, you're premium bartender, aren't you? I know. <laughs> I do like the bottle here. Um, so this, it's pretty, that, right? this is this is twenty seven pounds. Mm. That's not too. Bad. What else is in there? Oh, what, what else? else? What else? Uh, what else? Yeah. Gin, and then lime. Okay, juice. yeah, gin, and then like, okay, it's not too bad. Though. Yeah, so price wise, yeah, I can get that. It's not too. I mean, it sounds like yeah. it sounds like it'd be really nice. Yeah, and you'll have those bottles for a long time. I wonder if like after every batch is made, they have to like shoot the monks to stop the recipe from <laughs> oh, getting. For God's out. sake. <laughs> I wouldn't what, doubt it. What? Listen, yeah, I hear that would make crazy. the price go up really well. That's a really good marketing. Yeah, point. right. If there's any monks listening to the chat shit podcast, then, uh... yeah. if if you are a monk listening to this podcast, yeah. please contact me. I've got so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh. Jokes on us when our next guest, our next week guest is. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean. I'll be honest, Beck, I'm not surprised at the, uh, the level of quality of your... Co- I come out with the Gollum, Tom comes out with an espresso <laughs> martini uh, and the head fucker, and then you come out with the high-end... What was it called again? The Last Wish, was it? or the Last uh, Last Word. The Last Word, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds, I like the sound of that. 
It's very yeah. good. To be fair, Last Wish sounds good as well, but we need to pattern yeah, that yeah. quickly. But that, yeah, the Last right. Wish almost sounds like it would be destroy you. It sounds almost on the level of Headfucker. Yeah. Like you're oh, yeah. wondering for that. The Last though. Wish. The Last Wish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sounds dangerous. <laughs> so, like, talking of cocktails, what I want to know now is what is the one you hate making the most? Now, obviously, maybe not hate because I'm sure you absolutely love your bartending uh, stuff. Uh-huh. But what, there must be one out there when people order you go, for fuck's sake, this is going to take you half an hour to make this. Yeah. It's got to be one. Okay, so. I do love mojitos. I agree with you. But oh, when you're yeah. in a restaurant and it is so busy and you have a trillion drinks in your head and there's a million people just waving and screaming and, you know, whatever, and someone orders a mojito <laughs> and you have to muddle it, like chop it up, then you got to add this, then you got to shake it, then you have to strain it two times, and then you got to, it's just a pain in the ass. Like, oh, God. oh, it's the worst. But when there's not a ton of people, I will make as many as you order. But like when it's busy, uh, it's a hard. It's it's rough. Yeah. I want everyone who's listening to this podcast now over in the state. We've got quite actually we've got quite a lot of listeners over in the states. <laughs> Ten mojitos. Book, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Book Becca now for your next party. Yeah. And just order mojitos. Nothing else. Just mojitos. Yeah, nothing just else. Just mojitos. Yeah. Just mojitos. So what I want to yeah. do? Mojito party. <laughs> mojito mayhem. So I'm, ooh. I've got to give some credit though, because I've got you know I've got my own little don't want to brag or anything. I've got my own little home my home cocktail kit. You know you get on my, you get on Amazon. You know you look, look cheap about thirty quid or whatever. <laughs> else, you know, fucking yeah. little shaker. Do you the really? Basically, yeah, I've got yeah, yeah of course, got yeah, I've got the little. I mean, I've little got kit. a protein yeah. shaker. Same thing. And they, there you go. And they taste really yeah. nice. They do taste nice cocktails, but they can be hard work, can't they? All this work and you get and because they're so easy to drink as well, they don't last long. So you if you, you you smash it down, yeah, and then you're like, oh, I've got to do all that again now to yeah, exactly. To oh, for God. Have you yep. learned again? how to lay a shot shit, Bill? So like a little bit. I remember learning how to do it years ago and I thought I was Tom Cruise. <laughs> you thought you were Tom Cruise? Yeah. <laughs> From Cocktail. <laughs> Good movie. God. Oh dear. Uh, uh, I mean, my skills aren't amazing. I think the last time I had some people over, we tried it and we just made our own cocktails. We had no names. We just sort of made what we wanted to. Um, and you get some you get some wild and wacky flavours, that's for sure. But um, yeah. yeah. Stick to the basic. Stick to the originals, I think. Mojitos. Yeah. Also, martinis. Sex Those the are making good. them up on the fly. This one is a spicy Dave. I don't know. <laughs> a spicy Dave. That's such a British sounding cocktail. <laughs> a spicy <laughs> Dave. <laughs> what be that? Well, top? I'm going to make a more? recipe for that now. So yeah. watch out. <laughs> it involves cinnamon. I know that it's got involved yeah, cinnamon. Yeah, cinnamon. Yeah. yeah. Some sort of chili. Cinnamon and well. apple schnapps. There you go. A spicy Dave. There you a spicy go. Da- simple, simple like Dave. It is. I like it with a side of pork scratchings. Now it's very British. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay becca now we need to sort of go back a little bit now to another question so we mentioned it on your website one of the courses you offer is um obstacle course racing so basically a full-on package taking you know from zero to hero essentially but you said there's a link between the obstacle course racing and the bartending now i was thinking where is where is the link is there some sort of competition where you get absolutely shiters and then you go uh, do a Dutch courage <laughs> dutch care yeah. but that what, would be way more fun um it sounds like, yeah. so there is this Uh, United Bartenders Guild um, in New York and New Jersey in my area. And I know a lot of people on it through bartending competitions and just being in the industry for a long time. And they decided that they really want to promote more health and wellness things. And one of the uh, distilleries in Baltimore, Maryland, Sagamore, uh, they make rye whiskey. Um, They were going to sponsor us to go run a Tough Mudder. Um, And they reached out to me to do training videos because they're like, listen, we don't do anything. We're not really sure where to begin for something like this. It was like, I I forget how long. I want to say like 10 miles at least. Um, and they're like, so we'll, you know, we want you to do the training videos for us. Will you do that? So I was like, yeah, sure. So I did bi-weekly videos. I looked into all the obstacles, what energy systems you'll be using over this period of time, you know, like work on your grip strength. And if you haven't gone rock climbing, do that. And, you know, just like giving them little tips and kind of like programming to bring them through the, um, I think it was like six months of, um, yeah, training before we did the race. And then I did it with them. And yeah, so that's kind of like the, <laughs> the two worlds coming together. Yeah. And then you thought, wow, and I've got this knowledge about course models. I'll actually make the course, you know, a product and actually, yeah, let people yeah. get involved with it. Might as well. So, so there you go. Two worlds collide there. I never thought that. Bartending, fitness, chaos. That we yeah. Call it. yeah. <laughs> what would you say your training is now? Speaking of training, what, what would you say you sort of focus on? Me, myself? Gym? Yeah, yourself, yeah. 
Um, so I do a lot of like strength endurance work and then also conditioning. Um, hmm. so I'll do like a, a five minute aerobic warm up and then I'll do like a dynamic warm up, um, where I warm up the specific muscles for whatever I'm going to, um, use in my lifting part of my program. Um, and I also try to include like injury prevention or stability things, especially for myself and my ankles or whatever, um, in that portion. And then, Usually I'll stick between like three rounds of like 13 to 15 reps when I'm lifting um, at like, uh, I forget the exact percentage, but I'll do like occasional progressive overloads and, you know, five rep maxes or one rep maxes or whatever. Because of like my herniated discs, I can't do a lot of like super, super heavy. So I found that like between 13 and 15 is perfect for me. I can still get yeah, sure. strong. You know, I can continue to go without getting so tired and then I'll do some kind of conditioning and I'll just kind of like keep my heart rate up for a certain period of time. I'll use my rowing machine. I hate running, but I promised my friend I do a triathlon with him. So like I ran today. Sound, sound like a CrossFit so Yeah. Yeah. CrossFit, right? Yeah. You like throw <laughs> yeah. a bunch of kettlebell swings. Hate running. I love handstands. Like that's why oh, I did wow. CrossFit a million years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to live a good quality of life then, really, isn't it? But improve your, improve your overall health and fitness by the sounds of it. Yeah, awesome. Sounds good. Or you could just do what Tom does, SBD. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I did some bicep curls uh, a couple of months Whoa. back. Whoa. Oh, mate, calm down. I know. Getting crazy Couldn't over believe there. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you know I was even looking at like uh, one of my online clients. I was looking through his... Um, template i've been doing because i've trained him remotely as well as in person and i actually saw that he started doing bicep curls as well i was like whoa calm down there you're going <laughs> oh, on <yeah>. plan <laughs> just going rogue eh? oh god yeah yeah you must have heard the rumor that i've been doing them as well <laughs> i like squatting i like benching i like deadlifting i'm a simple man with simple pleasures yeah mm-hmm. simple man. one of those pleasures includes what was it called spicy dave Spicy Dave, Dave yeah. Spicy Dave. Gotta yeah. keep that balance. Go. Gotta keep Gotta that balance. Gotta keep that balance, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Work hard, play hard. <laughs> Absolutely. Becky, we'll move on to the final part of the show. Now, this is called Secret Questions. Now, when you probably saw this, you probably thought, oh my God, what is about to happen? My world is about to get destroyed. Uh, <laughs> I hope we know the answers. We get, well, well. Sometimes we go a bit rogue, so we might get listeners to send in questions. We're not going to do that this week. We did it last time, and it caused absolute cut. Some of the questions, basically, some of the questions I had to ask, they were, um, they were, they were a bit, they were a bit rude. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, but I've got one. I'm not sure if Tom's got, one, but I've got a secret question here, uh, and this is just from what I saw while looking at your profiles. Is that you? You love food. Would you say you're a bit of a foodie? I love. Food. You absolutely love. You absolutely. Oh my love food. god, I love food. Yeah. Now we're talking. Awesome. So. So what I'm going to do now is we're going to, I feel like we're kind of stealing, there's a podcast called Off Menu. We're kind of a little bit hijacking that podcast. It's basically uh-huh. when they talk about food thing, but we're not really, we're just, you know, I think this has been around for years to be honest, but what I want to find out is what is your- You've just given them a shout out. Your, yeah, but they're a big podcast. Aren't they? Go to breakfast, <laughs> go to lunch and you go to dinner. Talk oh. us through it. Okay. Well, I have to have my coffee in the morning. Um, Absolutely. 100%. We have an espresso machine here. So, like, if I'm yeah, feeling fancy, that. I'll make, like, a cappuccino or something. Oh, right. Whoa. Um, You know, throw a little, like, vanilla extract in the milk. It's oh, really, no. really oh, good. Yeah. Cinnamon. Oh, so good. Oh, um, so, yeah, that's my bar number bartender, one. That's what I expect, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can't exactly. can't have a basic coffee. You can't have a black coffee, can you? No, no, Around black coffee. No, bells no. and whistles. Yeah. yeah. If it's black coffee, it has to be, like, half flavor. It got, it's got to be a blend. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. I need the flavor <laughs> of some kind. 15 um, different beans yeah. yeah yeah exactly the specialty beans that you can only get in one oh, part of the yeah. country you <laughs> <Yeah>. know <laughs> um so obviously coffee um i i feel like i i never honestly wake up with enough time to like make a really nice breakfast so like i'll resort to scrambled eggs i f- i love cheese any kind of cheese like goat <laughs> cheese sharp cheddar cheese like throw it all together put it on the bread like whatever i gotta do i just want cheese in there somewhere so for breakfast you have coffee and cheese got it right. <laughs> <laughs> a huge block of cheese with a fork that's about yeah, it with a fork, yeah. um yeah, I'll have like a piece of toast or a half a bagel and sometimes like I like having like a little bit of green salad or something on the side. Oh, bit of color, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's my go-to. It's simple. Yeah, nice, yeah. Convenience. Yeah, so I think most people, I mean, I have overnight oats every morning. Yeah, in the morning. overnight oats so are great. It, bang in the fridge at night and then you have it in the morning. It's just very, very easy. I think most people have a convenient breakfast, don't they? So it's the mm-hmm. one meal where you want it to be easy. You don't want to get up out of bed and have to prepare a 
you know a three course meal do you it's not yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly not, that is not life that is not life yeah um, yeah nice what, what about what about your lunch um Okay, so before I met my wife, I didn't eat lunch because I was still bartending and I would eat, I would wake up really late. So I would eat a meal and then I would go to bed at whatever time and I would end up just eating two meals. Um, I've been way better about eating lunch recently, but lunch is my least favorite meal of the day. Um, if I, if I have things like prepped, like if I make some like grilled chicken and I have a bunch of stuff like maybe some quinoa or rice or whatever made already, I can make like a really big salad, like some chickpeas and like I make a really good, um, yeah, like a Dijon, uh, lemon Dijon dressing, which is really, really good. Um, so like Dijon's fantastic for dressing, isn't it? Oh, so good. Even in like balsamic vinaigrettes, they put Dijon mustard in it. I didn't know that Mm. until I made one one day. I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, I could do this. Yeah, so something like that. If I eat Big lunch, salad. but don't tell people. Yeah. Lunch, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. We're all, yeah, we've got our own, we've got different ways, haven't we? Uh, so by dinner, you must be starving. Oh my god, so hungry. Ravenous. Talk to us. What, oh what, what, what's your what's your evening meal? <laughs> um, okay, so dinner. I really, I love cooking. So like if I do have time at night, it really depends on the night. Um, what would be a go-to? I'm trying to think. Oh, I make a really good um, chicken shawarma. It's a, a New York Times has like a cooking app, um, one of the newspapers around here. And they have an amazing selection of recipes um, if you like subscribe to their like monthly whatever. Um, and one of these is their recipe. And it's just like chicken thighs and red onions. And you throw it in a bag with cinnamon and lemon juice and olive oil. Um, I forget what else. Garlic. Um, And it's so good. And you let it marinate for a little while. And then you just stick it in the oven and bake it. And it's amazing. And I'll do some like rough chopped vegetables with like olive oil, Italian seasoning, some lemon juice. And you throw them in there, have some rice or something on the side. And it's really, really good. It's like an easy, delicious go-to. Yeah, I mean, this is all this is all sounding very nutrient dense, isn't it? So, <laughs> yeah. Really, what I want to ask now, Becca, is let's say you're not personal training, you don't, you don't, you're not bothered about your health. You know, you're not fast. You know, you just you are just a full time smashing cocktails twenty four seven. What is what is your go-to? You're on death row. What is you're your last de- <laughs> meal? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, as, as Tom's. That's that's the 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 best way to put it. Because <laughs> yeah. straight away you know straight away. Oh, ooh, okay. Now we're talking. <laughs> Gloves are off. I really like super thick cut bacon, like really super really good. Cut. Yeah, like that sounds thick. like video. Oh my god! It's the way so, it's basically gammon. <laughs> audio, audio, yeah, I'm about to say audio listeners. They're not going to have a clue what you just did there, but it looked like you. The width of your hands there was like the width <laughs> of the dictionary. Like <laughs> it was like the this. phone book. Like yeah, that, yeah, that is it. <laughs> Gammon, yeah. that's like four bits of gammon put on the top. Like. Basically a pork shoulder. I mean, yeah. um, <laughs> I also love steak. Like steak with a big like chunk of butter on it. Oh my God, so good. So what you're going to have is you're going to have a bit of steak Meat. with <laughs> a bit of bacon, which is the thickness of the phone book, <laughs> sitting on top, covered in butter. Well, there you go then. Covered. What drink are you going to have with it? You're going to have your, you're gonna have your, last, uh, your oh, last word? Definitely. 100%. On the side. Maybe I'll have that before the steak and then I'll have some kind of nice red wine with the steak. It's a good pairing. <laughs> well, there you go. That, that's what you really want. So that's actually your actual go-to dinner. What she said before was just what she wanted people to hear on the podcast. You know, <laughs> the nice chicken and vegetables. What she actually has is that meal every single night. And every night. put in the curtain. Yeah, they call it <laughs> the curtain. Yeah. And revealing what's we've behind put, it. We've stripped behind away the, the layers. Top, we've, 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 we've got to it. We've got to the actual meal. Yeah, but yeah, fair enough. Tom, have you got a secret question? Yeah, I do. And I feel like I have to go back to the whole cocktail thing here. And uh, yeah, bartending, particularly with bartending. Um, In the UK, we have this hobby. I say we, um, mostly funny people such as myself, tend to have this uh, hobby of going up to the bartender and just frustrating them by asking for made-up drinks. (laughs) Does that tend to happen in the US as well? Do you ever have someone just come up to you and go, can I get a monkey tennis? And you're like, well, what's that? And you go, you don't know what a monkey tennis is. All right, can I get a, you know, can I get a, a, a potpourri shamble? You know, and they're like, <laughs> what? 
<laughs> like a potpourri shamble. You like you don't know what a potpourri shamble is. Has that has that ever happened to you? Have you ever had an absolute dick come up to you <laughs> just for shits and giggles and waste your time and made yeah, up? This drinks? is such a British thing, isn't it? The audacity to do that. <laughs> yeah. like, I would appreciate if people did something like that and they were joking, but people will actually come in and say, So I was in um, you know, Ireland last year and they had this really great drink on their menu. I'm like, do you know how to make it? Like, no, yeah. I don't know how to fucking make that drink. Is there a <laughs> really specialty vague. cocktail? What was in it? Yeah. I don't know. No, I've never oh, been to it, that bar. I have no idea. It involved idea. some stuff with some fins and... Yeah, like there was it, alcohol, like lime yeah. juice. I'm yeah, like, that's, okay. That's frustrating, isn't it? I can imagine that being really yeah. frustrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, so no. You've no never had someone that. come up to you and just ask for a horse's hoof. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Canadian style. <laughs> Canadian no. style. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, like hold on, let off. me look that up because I mm, will make yeah. it for you if I can find Must be a regional thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. it. More yeah. people should do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you, go. you, heard, you heard it first. Then. Anyone who's listening to stateside, get on it. Start causing chaos in your local bars. Just ask <laughs> do for anything. See what yeah. happens. <laughs> ask for a pint of swivel chair. There you go. <laughs> we could be in all night with these, could we? Just, all night. Oh, no. Just oh, making yeah. them up on the spot. <laughs> Well, Becca, that's um, that's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed that. Good chat, great Me chat. Too. So, if people want to, to, you know, maybe you know, follow you on your journey, or maybe get in touch with you after the podcast, where can they find you? Where's the best place to go? Um, so my coaching Instagram is uh, Coach Becca with two C's and two A's because the one A was taken. Um, so that's Coach Becca on Instagram, of course. Um, and then my email is humanfitneticsllc at gmail.com. Awesome. Uh, also, if you check the show notes down below, guys, I'll have links to all of uh, all that good stuff so you can go click it and check it out. I'd recommend just getting on the bartender thing, to be honest. That's that's where I'm, that's where I'm going towards now. What yeah. I might do is I, I'm going to, We'll put some money together, Tom, and we'll fly Becca out here, and we'll get her to make the. We'll get her to make a pint of swivel chair. That's what I'll be helpful. Yes, we'll get her to do. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. But you can't know what's in it before you drink it, and then you have to. No, guess. exactly. We'll play a whole yeah. game. <laughs> oh, live podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll include cards too if you really want to. Oh, well. oh yeah, Re- ring yeah. of fire, the ship. We all take let's a go. shot of butter goblin. <laughs> yeah. Butter goblin. That sounds really butter goblin. Yeah, I'll oh, just make me up now, Bill. That's a really good one. What? Hang on, before we go, what would be, what? It's part of the law. What would be a butter goblin? Law the law. I know, yeah, yeah obviously you have butter in, in there. Well, I'm guessing mm-hmm. butter. But what about, what would be, it needs to be green, doesn't it? It has to be, so what, yeah. what would make it green? Abs, absinthe, abs, is absinthe green? Absinthe green, Absinthe is green, yeah. Yellow green. Green chartreuse is green. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's got to be super green because goblins are so vicious, aren't they? They're, you know, well, stereotypical. I don't want to be, you know, stereotyping here. I don't want to, I don't want to offend the goblin community here, but they are, they're not, you know, God, there's just, just a made-up throwaway drink, and you're creating like a whole law behind it. Backstory. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's going backstory. to end up on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to end yeah, on Wikipedia. Yeah, so we've got absinthe, blue. What was it? What did you say? What was the other one? Oh, blue carousel. Yeah, blue carousel with, yeah. with absinthe with a uh-huh. with a block of Something from a bowler hat. Salt, yeah, salted butter. Yeah, in a bowler hat. An empty <laughs> gutted can of WD forty. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> light it on fire. Just do a little <gasps> a little splash. Yeah, you can fire. light it up. Yeah. Yeah. And and you've got to drink it in a cave. There we go. You if you don't <laughs> drink it in black. a cave, it's it's not a butter gob. If you drink it outside the easy cave, to it's do just in drink. Norfolk. Yeah, it's just a, it's easy to do in Norfolk. Yeah, God's sake, Tom. They get regional. Now you're offending the Norfolkians. Whatever you want to, how you want to say it. Um, but yeah. Okay. Awesome. Pleasure always, guys. Thank you, you very much, guys. See you later. Thank you. As always, thanks for listening. If you are new around here, we'd love for you to stick around and get stuck into our vast back catalogue. We explore numerous topics ranging from diets to myths, to supplements, to recovery methods, plenty more guests and plenty of one-off specials covering topics such as barefoot shoes, CBD, top tips and the yearly festive specials. So hit that subscribe slash follow button on your podcast app and hopefully you'll be joining us again very, very soon. We will see you next week, same time, same place for a brand new episode. See you soon.